Hello, Simon. Hi, Sam. <laughs> you just hit record, and then this is different because usually there's some ringing involved. Do you want me to make the Skype tone? And I can't see your face. Do, do, do. Sam! (laughs) Hi! It's Sam, I can see her face. (laughs) It's quite wild. So we are sitting in this crazy theatre space and it's Mm -hmm. kind of awkward and great. It is awkward um, having a theatre at your disposal. Um, It feels like you should have something happening Mm. at it regularly. Well, um, I'll talk and do stuff and you go and do a mime thing on the stage. We should, you know, since we are in a theatre... Uh, and this actually is, is historically a significant theatre because it was the first mixed-race theatre in South Africa. First, earlier than the market theatre. Earlier than the market wow. theatre. Apparently. You know, I, su- I suspect if you speak to the people at the market theatre, <laughs> they'll tell you that it, you know, everybody's first at ev- everything. Sure, um, yeah. but, but it's supposed to be a, a very important and significant theatre in South Africa's history, and, uh, and we've got it, so we should do stuff with it. We should do something important should do like a live show. Okay? <laughs> oh, man, it'd be great. I can see your face, but I feel like everybody else should too. Everyone should see your amazing hairstyle at the moment. So yeah. Uh, um, so so that's great. And being in the same city as you is um, is also not terrible. Um, yes, Cape Town is an excellent place to be, and it makes me happy. Yeah. So yeah. here we are, and what the actual fuck are we talking about? I don't know. <laughs> I think we were. Gonna we were so about, excited. I know. We're just like we're gonna make, we're gonna make a podcast, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Oh yeah, we gotta make. What are we gonna talk about? (laughs) Mindfulness. 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 Jesus. All right. So, (laughs) one of of the things that I studied at university, I don't know if was mindfulness. No, it was religious studies. But they should have mindfulness. That would be better. I don't think you can learn that at university. My uh, my oldest son has moral studies. Moral studies. Yeah, you don't have to do religion at school anymore. You can do morals. That's quite cute. It is quite cute. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. No, 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 that's more interesting. (laughs) Um, It was religious studies, of all things. Um, And what was great about it is that I think there was one religious person in our entire class, and all the rest of us were raging atheists. Okay. Um, So it was comparative religion. Mm -hmm. And we did, I remember, a second-year course on psychology and religion. And a lot of what we, we looked at were studies around what happens to the brain when you pray and when you meditate, Mm. um, and how it, it, it... it's like it, it, so meditation does something to your brain, like it, to do with theta waves, and it calms you down, and it right. gets you in touch with yourself. And prayer does something very similar as well. Certain types of prayer and certain types of, I mean, like whirling dervishes and, and certain ways of you know being in that elevated space. Well, good. Yeah, and that those things can be quite good for one, mm. actually. No, well, I mean, look, the science is pretty clear on how good meditation is yeah. for um, your brain. Yeah. Um, but it's an incredibly difficult thing to make part of your life. <laughs> mm, exactly. Yeah. And also, you know, there's the benefits of meditating while you're meditating. But I think the idea should be to take that out into the world with you and mm. to be able to be present and, um, and in tune. And I'm not mm. sure what the right word is for it, but mindful yeah, in, in the things that you're doing every day. Yeah, present. So I, th- I think... Um, so there's this. Have I told you about Mindball ever? Mindball. Mindball is, is this a thing. game. It is a game okay. that one plays at Cybona, which is the science center in Joburg, aka right. the most fun place in the whole universe. 
Um, and what it is, is it's this table where you sit facing your opponent and you have little electrodes strapped uh, to your I head. have seen this and you have to Dude. make a ball move. Yes, yeah, so there's a magnetized really strip. Hard. Well, actually the opposite. So there's a magnetized strip in the middle with the, the ball in the middle and you have the electrodes strapped to your, t- your head. And the more you calm down and focus, the more you push the ball across the table and you've got to push it while the other person's pushing it at you. Wow. Now... I am exceptionally good at mind ball. Okay. And I think that the reason I'm exceptionally good at mind ball, I can just smash anyone. It's my mm-hmm. great skill. Um, is that I meditated a lot when I was a teenager because I was a hippy dippy. Not because you uh, have a vacant mind. <laughs> yeah. Either that or I'm fucking dumb, man. One of the two. Because um, I suspect <laughs> I would just get that ball all I the can, way over to the other side you, of the table. I punch you now. It's quite great. Yes, it is quite great. I enjoyed um, that. What was I saying? Yeah, so actually, I do think that you, like, your brain is not a muscle, but it can be trained and exercised, like, oh, to open up those pathways. So absolutely. I think that it does. I, I, I believe that if you meditate, it does carry into mm-hmm. other parts of your life. Well, absolutely. I mean, that's the idea. That's why mm-hmm. you do it, right? And, but part of it, it, you have to wonder how productive the world would be because I think, you know, scientifically, and, and I was watching Sam Harris's talk about this. Mm-hmm. So, one of the things that I have to do is get to the Sydney Opera, Opera House one year for the, the Festival of Dangerous Ideas. Mm-hmm. It, is, it has got to be um, <laughs> the most exciting event I've ever heard of. Mm. Um, but I don't know if you've seen Sam Harris's talk that he did there in 2012, I think it was, where he talks about um, the delusion of free will. No. Um, but, but so it's, it's arguably, he says, and I think he's right, that... Um, the potential of his argument against free will to upset people goes well beyond any other um, kind of rational attack on uh, theology because, mm-hmm. because free will really sits at the heart of what we hold dear about our species. Right. You know, when you, when you talk to people about what makes human beings special and you distill it down, and usually you arrive at the topic of free will the and choice. goddamn Garden of Eden, man. Yeah. All and, of our myths, um, yeah. And... And we just know that there's no scientific reality you can map free will onto. Our perception of time Mm. and our idea that we have some control over what's Mm. going to happen next is a complete illusion. We know that about the brain. We know that about the world. We know it... It just we know this from a physics perspective, from a mm-hmm. biology perspective. In every possible way we could discover this, we have. Yeah. And well, I mean, the only thing that there's a window for, if I remember, is the idea of of chaos, which is also not free will as we understand it. Like yes. it might be that there's a certain amount of randomness. Yes. But, but that's not. But so, free will. so, and Sam Harris says, yeah. even even if that's the case, mm. it still doesn't. Mm. Um, it it still doesn't create a reality that accommodates free will. And mm. in fact, even if you did have a soul and there was something out there that wouldn't negate it either because it would suggest that your soul was in control over what was going to happen right. next and yeah. so you know similarly to how um, inserting God into the argument of where we came from creates another problem because yeah. then he would have had to come from somewhere yeah. inserting you know that whole paradigm onto free will doesn't mm. solve the problem because then you know same it's, it's, it's a germane yeah. discussion yeah um, so uh, I think, but when you meditate, and this is something I've experienced, you, you become acutely aware of this. Mm. You know, you start realizing that there's this whole world and things happening in it and my breath breathing in and out and my mm. body manufacturing red blood cells and yeah. things happening that I have absolutely no control over. Absolutely. And really yeah. that's, I mean, we've discussed before that kind of idea of the child uh, at the amusement park sitting in the little car that's on rails with, yeah. a, with a fake steering wheel thinking yeah. that he's steering the car. <laughs> 
you know. Um, I think in, in, in part what meditation does is it gets you to the point of letting go of the steering wheel yeah. and realize that the steering wheel really isn't attached to you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I um, find that so interesting when people start meditating as well. And the first couple of times, they're just like, oh, my God, my brain is so noisy. Yes. Um, and you realize how many individual thoughts you have at each moment and how disconnected and yeah. weird they are. Um, and actually just learning, because that's like looking, that's like stepping off and looking at the car, you know, and yes. going like, okay, that's actually what, what's and going on. And the realization on, that know? that voice in your head, that's not you. Yeah. The voice in your head is not you. You're the thing that hears the voice in your head. Well, I don't know. I mean, that's kind of, that's human. It's part of the same system. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I mean, you, you know, you're a mess of things that make, that thinks it's an individual. Right. Yeah. Um, but really, I think one of the most effective ways to meditate is to realize that that voice that's playing in your head, what's aware of that voice? Hmm. Why do you call it a voice in your head? Hmm. It's a voice because something is hearing it, something is perceiving it, something's listening to it. What is that thing? Right. And that, whatever you want to call it, deeper level of consciousness, other side of your brain, that's the part of you that you kind of want to escape to when you're meditating. See, I mean, I, I, I like what you're saying, but I think skeptical Sam still thinks that even that sense, that, that weird sense of selfhood and that sense of yeah. consciousness and the thing listening, that, that I, that Descartes I, you yeah. know, even that is actually also a very disconnected series of very oh, of fleeting impressions. It's part of your physiology. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's just, it's another, yeah. it's another function it's another thing brains do. Right, yeah. Um, but when, I mean, you know, when you meditate, yeah. that's kind of the space you're trying to get to sure. where the voice is quiet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you're not listening to the Have voice. Have we spoken before about um, anesthesia and what that does to your brain? I don't think we have, but there was a fantastic Radio Lab episode That's about it. That's what I'm thinking of, yeah. So the idea that what anesthesia does is it doesn't stop your brain at all. It just stops the parts of your brain from talking to each other. Yes. And, I mean, talking like th listening to what we're talking about now and that kind of collection of selfhood, yeah. it, it, does, it isn't located in one place. It isn't right. one you know, I, one thing that happens, one yeah. system. It's also yeah. various little things talking to each other. All right. Brains are amazing. And I think it's okay to realize that that's the case, but still find it magnificent and glorious. And Oh, absolutely. Know, it's a absolutely. great ride. It's a great little mm. fake car, you know. But I think that, you know, we, we, we give douchebaggery a lot of airtime on the show. Um, and I think it's because, like, that perhaps is... My problem with the world mm. is there are people who realize that we aren't really in control mm. and that mm. this is just a, a journey that we're on. Yeah. Um, and other people believe that they have an iron will that they can apply to this reality and right. bend it to their... And, you know, the experience tells them this, just like experience tells you that there's correlation between other things. There's absolutely right. no correlation between, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yes, you made a plan and then that happened, but there mm. are countless millions more people who made a plan for something that didn't happen. Exactly. And yeah. I think douchebaggery, <laughs> at, its, in its, at its essence, is a belief that you're in control. Mm. Mm. And really you're not. Yeah. And the people I want to hang around with <laughs> are the people who acknowledge, as yeah. you just said, that they're not in control, but that this is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so cool. And, and we should spend more time thinking about how amazing it is and enjoying it totally. than trying to assert our uh, illusion of will on yeah. the world around yeah. us. Which is why, and I find, I find the things that our society values are so interesting. So talking about like going to moral class, you know, ethics, yes, morals yes, class, yes. and morals is such a good word for it. Like, you know, our society validates ambition so much. And yeah. what is ambition if not 
you know, what results from the belief that you can apply your will yeah. to, you know, changing the world around you. Dude, shit gets properly esoteric when you're not on Skype. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we need to it's, I'm excited about having you in the same city as me I'm excited I'm excited about the show I think we should we should we should put the shit on steroids yeah okay <laughs> I think we should start doing every episode while taking a different type of drug <laughs> okay slowly now because <laughs> anyway <laughs> let's not get too uh, yes that would be I'm sure it that would, would be, be a show it would be a show <laughs> that's <be> terrible <laughs> Anyway, but I feel um, like this whole conversation is quite trippy. But okay, so let's let's start at um, doing this in person more often. Yes, because because Skype is if Skype is great. Skype yeah. is a, is an awesome uh, contribution yeah. to the world, but uh, <laughs> but less so the world of broadcasting, <laughs> especially when you're in the same city. Um, Absolutely. I also feel like um, this is a show that needs more input from the people who find it on the internet. Yeah. These conversations. I have no idea who they would be. I who don't know. are you? People? We know there are people. Uh, out there who find our conversations on the internet and God knows why actually <laughs> downloads them and you guys puts are it in awesome. their ear holes. You guys are awesome. People who do that, I suspect, are um, incredibly good looking mm-hmm. um, and super smart. Yeah. Um, I want to meet them, actually. They're probably very eloquent. You'd yeah. probably want to meet them and, yeah. and you'd probably want to discuss things with them. Yeah, 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 totally. Uh, and they, they may even want to discuss things with you. Mm. Um, so I think we should do more of that Next year, too. I think that's a great plan. Yeah, we should have um, a thing, a platform <laughs> for just course. Platform. I don't know. Yeah, I think it'd be rad. It's going to be fun. Yeah. We'll do, we'll do more shows. Things are going to happen. Mm-hmm. So what other things have you discovered in the last weeks that have been amazing and interesting? Mm, I, I've just been so busy doing stuff. Mm. Um, and trying to be productive that I haven't had much time to uh, I've discovered Little Big Planet 3 the nice thing about having children is that you get away with watching movies and playing video games that otherwise wouldn't occur to you Yeah. Uh, and Little Big Planet 3 is a lot of fun mm. um, I don't know if anybody cares about that uh, I played one of them, it was really cute yeah, uh, I feel like there's other stuff that's entered my life, I, I've been playing with an iPad Air 2 mm-hmm. um, and Becoming increasingly convinced that maybe just a gigantic phone is a better idea. Mm. Um, but I don't think anybody who does find these conversations on the internet cares about that no. in particular as well. No. I've got a selfie stick. I went to Korea. No, no, I discovered Simon, no. I was given a selfie stick no. by a Korean person. No. Okay, yes, go on. And it actually is one of the handiest things. Jesus Christ. No, not before taking selfies. You know how often you want to take a photograph of you with someone else and it's almost impossible and a selfie stick makes it really easy. All right, fair enough. But I told you that story so I can tell you this one. Yeah. I was in Korea. I discovered Korea. I discovered Southeast Asia. I spent time in Korea and inadvertently in Hong Kong thanks to a delayed flight on the way home. Awesome. I'd been to Hong Kong before. I hadn't been to Korea. Mm. And um, I love Korea. You were in Seoul, right? I was in Seoul. Um, And it was so interesting. I went to the Liyum Art Gallery. Mm. Uh, I learned a lot about Chaibals and Korean art and how terribly sad the situation is between South and North Korea because it really is a country divided. Yeah. And interestingly, I've been reading Ken Follett's uh, latest book, Edge of Eternity, Mm -hmm. um, which basically, Ken Follett's books are all just about sex. Yes. Everybody just pumps every yeah. five minutes. Which so basically they're about the human condition. Okay. <laughs> but but 
you know, while everybody's having sex with each other, there's also world history that revolves around them. <laughs> that actually, that should be like the tagline of the planet. Yeah. While everyone was pumping, history yes. was happening. Yes. Sorry, if you found this conversation on the internet not from South Africa, pomp is a euphemism for... Shnoo, shnoo. Or something. Let's just throw more euphemisms on the euphemism. Um, so, uh, so... Yeah, but also, so Ken Follett's book, in part, it deals with the latter half of the 20th century, and, mm. and, and it spends a lot of time on the East and West Germany divide. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was interesting listening to this book while traveling in South Korea, because there really is um, a lot of similarity between what's happened with North and South Korea to what um, happened in um, East and West Germany. Right. You know, mm. South Korea really, really is the free world, mm. uh, and North Korea is an incredibly constrained environment mm. with some very old school ideas about reality and right. and that's to a large degree what Germany was mm. and um, saw some fascinating art I can't remember the artist's name um, largely because I couldn't pronounce it <laughs> but what she does is she clips um, she takes clippings from newspapers in South Korea mm. um, but the clippings are quite specifically about free markets about capitalism right. about um, democracy about the free world yeah. and she sends those clippings to artists in North Korea who embroider them onto these big um, canvases oh, that's amazing. and the embroidery is 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 quite interesting because the threads kind of hang loose so they're these big loops of thread that hang off of the canvas oh. so they look like loosely formed ideas that are oh. kind of and then those canvases are sent back to South Korea Jeez. and um, and you can see them in the Leum gallery and so, you know, we were on the tour of the gallery, and, and afterwards I said to our host, but she must smuggle this back and forth. And she said, yes, you know, they don't mm. like to call it smuggling because this is actually quite a dangerous thing she's I'm doing. Sure, yeah. um, but it was, so it was fascinating kind of getting my head around that whole environment and drinking soju bombs, which is basically like vodka and beer. <laughs> but, um, that sounds and amazing. And eating kimchi, which is amazing. Oh, that does sound amazing. And uh, I don't know why anybody would care about this, but it was cool. No, it is I highly recommend Seoul. If you want to go on holiday right now and you want a bit of a culture shock, like instead of going to Europe and seeing another really old building with yeah. some paintings in it, consider going to Southeast Asia yeah, <laughs> and meeting the new first world. Exactly. Man, that's so cool. <laughs> Apparently there's a room in the demilitarization zone between North and South Korea that's this tiny little very depressing looking boardroom. And once a year, the leaders from each side go and have a meeting. In, and they've been doing it like every year since they split. And yeah. can you imagine what those conversations are like? So, so you guys still like capitalism? Yep. So you guys still don't. Yep. Well, it's, okay, bye. it's, it's interesting because <laughs> I, I spoke to a lot of journalists in South Korea. Now, if you want to find out what's going on in a country and you want, uh, <laughs> you want the best informed view of it, you speak yeah. to journalists, yeah, right? Yeah. And we had a dinner with journalists from South Korea, which was incredibly illuminating. But one of the things they said was um, everybody in both North and South Korea seems to accept that um, consolidation will come. Really? That this will be a unified country again, mm. but that it will happen in phases mm. and that it'll take time and it's not happening now. Wow. So it's this weird idea so of, oh, yes, one day that, that'll have to happen, but it's not happening now. But, you know? I mean, there's no, but I mean, that, that isn't a source of anxiety and panic for them right I, now? I don't. Because they, they can't see their families. I mean, there were families split down. The right. Road, but know? I guess you also have to, so, you know, at, at the heart of it all are the ideologies that, that underpin their society. Right. You know, so you, it, it, at one stage, Confucianism, at other at other stages, um, Buddhism uh, and Taoism. And there's this amazing new emergent um, philosophy in that part of the world that that all three of those ideologies um, have more application at different stages of your life. 
So if you're a younger person, Confucianism is your ideology. If you're in the mm. middle of your life, Buddhism is your ideology. And if, if you're in the later years of your life, um, then uh, Taoism is your ideology. So you kind of evolve through Confucianism to uh, Buddhism to Taoism, depending. So, you know, that's that. a new idea, but, but that seems to be picking up in popularity. It's cool. It's and, not that new. And there's this Buddhist cone, an old Buddhist cone, which is if you meet the Buddha, kill him, but not until you've met him, which is about how Buddhism is an instrumental it's fascinating. religion for them. Yeah, like once you've done it, yeah. kill him. But so, so part of the ideology and part of the thinking in 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 South Korea is, you know, very much like Japan, mm. where I'm used to dealing with American companies where everything is, is immediate. It's about the next three months. It's about shareholder value. It's about the bottom right. line. It's about what you can do now in this year. Yeah. And there it's about the collective. It's about... Um, 20 years, it's 30 years. 20, 30, 100 years. Yeah. They make 100-year plans. Yeah. Where Where is what we're doing now leading us down the road a century oh, from now? So because there's... It's, it's, it's a sort of a selfless way of living. Mm. And in some ways that irks me because it's, it's kind of, it's, it's very sort of socialist and it's mm. a little bit like, yeah, I don't know, guys. But I do also feel that, you know, the kind of Western, um, very individual-focused, mm. capitalist, everything's about now and me and how much I can yeah, achieve in the exactly. next, that irks me as it's well. I think somewhere in the, the middle is, and, you know. Yeah. The truth is somewhere in between. But it's a fundamentally different mindset to encounter. And so the idea of North and South Korea consolidating in phases over the next, you know, 100 years, that's something that that the mindset probably accommodates more easily there. Damn, that's interesting. Yeah, desperate to go to I don't know know if anybody who found this conversation on the internet would be interested in that. No, that is very interesting. um, It was a cool trip. Yeah. So that's one of the awesome things I discovered, Korea. That's amazing. (laughs) Um, what have you discovered? I discovered. So I was telling you, I've been reading this book called "Why Nations Fail," which talks a lot about North and South Korea, and it's really interesting. It's um, it's kind of the whole thing is a giant rebuttal to Jared Diamond's guns, germs, and steel, which is basically the the geographic destiny argument. So okay. his argument is so. It's uh, both books are trying to answer the question about why there are very you know why the world today is so unequal. Yeah. Um, and how can, in one world, how can Sierra Leone and Germany exist in this right, world? Right, right, right. Um, and, you know, Jared Diamond's argument is basically, you know, prehistoric man, you know, developed in different conditions around the world that led to Europeans just having all these advantages that were their fault or that they didn't deserve, but they had all these advantages right. and they conquered everyone. Um why Nations Fail is more recent in scope, although he writes a lot about the decline of the Roman Empire. Mm. And he talks about how the, the rise and fall of civilizations and sees things in a much more cyclical way and it credits much more to political and ideological elements in mm. society and writes a lot about North and South Korea, as an example. Writes a lot about Botswana versus Zimbabwe. Oh, um, fascinating. Very interesting. There's this chapter on Botswana where he writes about how they had this incredible nascent democracy, you know, while Cecil John Rhodes was trying to conquer them. Um, he wanted to build it into the South African protectorate, and they were a separate protectorate. He at was that a point. proper douchebag. He was a big time, big Super time douche, asshole, as we call them. Super douche. Um, but they had this this interesting system with their chiefs. So even though they had a, a, a system of chiefs and it was semi hereditary, it actually wasn't that hereditary because people would basically change the rules depending on which son they wanted to rule next or which cousin Mm. to make sure they had good leaders in place. And they would remove chiefs if they were unhappy. Mm. Um, And those chiefs kind of went, got on a boat for three months, went to London, 
to argue, to petition the Queen against them being absorbed into John Rhodes's fuck show um, and succeeded in doing that. Um, and therefore, we were allowed to retain a lot of those nascent, inclusive elements and didn't have their economy broken into two economies, Good one which them. was ex- an exploit, a labor force to be exploited, you know. Wow. Um, so fascinating story. Um, so that, that was great. And also an interesting, very interesting way of seeing different paradigms in mm. about power and leadership and mm. collectivism mm. and what they lead to. And an interesting reflection on capitalism. Awesome. Yeah, so that was very cool. So since the show is sometimes about also doing stuff better. Yes. Um, I should probably also mention that two of my favorite things have been updated this week with some really awesome features. And one of them is Evernote Context. Have you played with Context in Evernote? No. Tell me Dude, more because I'm obsessed If you open with Evernote, Evernote on your Mac right now and you right start now. writing, I don't mm-hmm. know. I can't seem to – okay, that oh, aside. these things where it says related notes. Yes, yeah, so, but not only related notes. It, it crawls the web and it starts bringing you related articles now. What? So, what? Yeah, graphs, data that you could use for your writing. Um, I listened to a really great interview. Uh, my friend Leo Laporte, uh, who runs uh, Twit, uh, This Week in Tech, um, he did an interview with the CEO of uh, Evernote, whose name escapes me for the moment, mm. um, on a show called Triangulation. Mm-hmm. If you're looking for a great tr- podcast, Triangulation is awesome. It's Leo Laporte um, interviewing interesting people. Wild. Um, but I really enjoyed uh, his interview with the CEO of Evernote. Just amazing things he says about metaphors and about designing Ooh. interfaces and... Um, but he, he had a whole thing about context. And now he's, one of his ambitions is um, whenever you want to write, the first tool that needs to come to your mind is Evernote. Yeah. And how context has been years of development to build this thing that helped, gives you superpowers mm. when you're writing. Um, so loving that. And then Trello has uh, infinite tagging now as well, which is really exciting. Which is excellent. <laughs> wow, no, context on Evernote is amazing. I use, I love the little search plugin for Google so that when I search something, when I Google something, I see my Evernote's. I do not use it this, but I should. It searches my Evernotes as well, which is great. Uh, oh, anyway, Evernotes. So much amazing stuff. The world is fabulous, and I love this fucking ride we are on. It's a great it's one. It's good fun. Yeah. We have... we. Uh, man. <laughs> I would not have done well being alive 100 years ago. No. I, I, I like what science has brought to our lives. Yeah. <laughs> We'd basically both be in a factory. I would have pushed out four babies by now. I think, actually, we would just both be arrested and probably um, <laughs> have been... Killed by now. Maybe. Yeah. Also possible. That is rather possible. <laughs> so Sam, we should we must do this more often and we will and we've said this before and um, And we can. And if anybody listening to the show um, hasn't subscribed to it yet, you totally should. Um, and also please, we I think wanna know who you are. Yeah, so Tell I'm us I'm at Simon Dingle on Twitter. My surname is very silly and it's spelled D-I-N-G-L-E. And Sam is at Greenham underscore no, Sam. No, not underscore. Just at Greenham Sam. Have you taken the underscore I away? I finally managed You've to get the underscore. Greenham Sam. Okay. At Greenham Sam on Twitter. <laughs> and you can, you don't have to tell us anything, but you could. And um, if you haven't subscribed, you can do that on iTunes. You can go into iTunes, search for Take Back the Day and subscribe. We're there. We're on Stitcher, which is a really interesting um, platform but has a little bit too much advertising on it for my liking. Mm. Uh, or you can go to SoundCloud. I'm, I've started putting all of our stuff on SoundCloud, yeah, so cool. you can find Take Back the Day on uh, SoundCloud. I'm learning too. things. Well, there you go. <laughs> and uh, we have that website where we put show notes and stuff as well at seed.tv, but um, I don't know how much I like that anymore. So <laughs> <laughs> Just just find us. We're on the, we're on the internet. We're on the internet, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. fun. 
It has been. And they don't have to say What are we going to talk now? about next week? Dude, anything you Let's anything talk about that now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's do that. But I don't think the rest of the world wants to hear it. Well, you just, you never know. Okay. We, we don't know because, you know. All right, world. <laughs> goodbye, world. I think you're supposed to say goodbye to me. But that's weird because you're still going to be here afterwards. Okay, goodbye, Simon. Goodbye, Sam. <laughs> so, Sam and Simon signing, signing off. off. <laughs> <laughs>